smoking. <laughs> yeah. yeah <I> mean, <laughs> so we start off the show with some laughter. Oh, it started? I just started, yeah. Okay. So we're on. We're on. Yeah. It's the Ken and Echo Show. It's the Echo and Ken Show. Welcome I, to the Echo and Ken Show for the week of whatever week this is. It, uh, it's well, two weeks sen- before Thanksgiving. The week. Sentinel says it is November 11th. So it's the week of November 11th. Veterans Day week. That's a Wednesday. Today is the 12th. That makes tomorrow... The 13th, Friday the 13th. Thank you for that. You, let's, let's move right it's along. Just dawned I'm on not me. superstitious, but... I don't do Friday the 13th very well. I don't like it at all. Really? Really, yeah. Okay, What's the I'm a problem? I don't know. I just, it's one of those things where it creeps me out. The because number or just that day? The day. You know, Is it because you watched too many scary movies as a child or? No. They, I, see, I'm old enough that there weren't any Friday the 13th movies when I was a kid. Huh. Yeah. So you grew up in the lore of it. Yeah, and my my folks didn't like. I remember the first scary movie I saw was a horrible movie. I was at a I was at a um, drive-in movie theater in Summerhill, Illinois, which is by Pittsfield between Pittsfield and Louisiana, and they had uh, it was a really interesting theater. Uh, during the uh, week, they would show. Um, Films. They'd show a, a regular film and then they'd put a B movie right afterwards. And on the, <laughs> on the weekends, they'd show pornos. <laughs> yeah, really, seriously, on Saturday night. They'd, and, no. Yes, and the heck of it was the screen faced the road. <laughs> yeah, so you'd be driving. I was just like trying to picture this because driving. I remember sitting on a roof watching, you know, drive in movies on the other side of the fence. You know, with our well, I was like, uh, okay, we, I couldn't we were, imagine seeing all that. We were living in St. Louis at the time uh, before this, and uh, my father had bought the Western Auto Store in Pittsfield, and we were driving up there on a Saturday night, and we're driving past there, and that is up on the screen, and I am like twelve years old. Okay, <laughs> was and, it Friday the thirteenth? No, it was. It was Saturday night. It was a Saturday night special. Let right. me tell you. And and I'm looking at this on the screen, going past, like, what in the don't. Just don't. That was what my mom said. She was not pleased about moving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd for, I had forgotten all about I'm that. David. But anyway, the, the, the beach was the first real horror movie I can ever remember. It was just a terrible flick. I can remember it to this day. It's called Blood Beach. It was about this monster thingy that would come up from the, underneath the sand and... and <laughs> and there'd be blood spurting everywhere. It was just I've I guess it's out on video now, but I've not or DVD, but I've I I'm pretty sure I'm gonna have to watch it now because my husband is an insane huge B movie fan. Oh this this is your typical B movie gore fest. Okay. And it's horrible. It's like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, but not funny. Well thank you for that because now I'm probably gonna have to watch it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think the old uh, movie theaters in Summerhill. And I haven't been past that in a long time. But huh. anyway, it was, I just thought it was interesting that they would show that kind of movie with the screen facing the road. But there'd be car, uh, you know, as you're driving past, there'd be a whole bunch of cars parked on the other side of the road as they're watching. As all the high school boys would go out there and sit and park across the road from it because they couldn't get in. Anyway, <laughs> pressing right along. Back to the Friday Thirteenth. Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, yes. Bad things happen on Friday the 13th? I sure hope not. I've always been partial to the number 13. I thought it was kind of a lucky number. Uh, I've always been partial to the number... I really haven't. Numbers don't do much for me. I'm just... Me neither. I don't, like, put it on my lottery tits or anything. I don't really play the lottery that very often at all. Maybe a kind of the seven... I'm a 77 person. I don't know why. It's not a NASCAR. Right away. Seven's big where I'm from in Nevada. Is it? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It Seven's yeah, everybody's. Yeah. It's the sign of the slot machine. Oh, yeah. I don't do slots, but yeah. Okay, we're just here. Uh, if, you could, if you can tell or can't tell, we're here to talk about local area. And unfortunately, this month or week, uh, state, state news, news um, from the perspective of two 
somewhat newspaper, newspaper people. people in uh, Knox County, Missouri, rural North County, Missouri. Missouri. Uh, this is the official podcast of the Edina Sentinel, even though they even don't. Even though our views and opinions do not reflect the views and opinions of the Edina Sentinel. Not in any way, shape, shape or, or form. form. Mm-mm. Not at So these are strictly our views. And since I'm a little wacky, and uh, <laughs> Echo's a little wacky, we definitely do I'm not, not quite as wacky as you. I think you're wackier than me. I think I probably am, too. I think you, you, you so, get yeah. the wacky market cornered. So we're here, here. We have the paper in our hand. I'm really going to work hard to not get nearly as much uh, paper ruffling noise this week. But here's the, there's the paper for this week. Got the paper in hand. Got some front story stuff to look at. We got some back story stuff to look at. So take it away, Echo. Okay. Well, we've got a new mayor in Herdland. Chris McCarty was sworn in. You know, I took video of his swearing. I should probably upload that to our website. He was swearing? Uh Aha, the swear-in. Ah, yes. He was sworn in. And he was sworn in. was last week. He was sworn in by Derek Schrag, Mm -hmm. city clerk. Right before their last regular meeting, which was on the 3rd. Ah. Let's see. Volunteers needed to organize 2016 Knox County Corn Festival. That's what we should talk about. Have you ever worked on the Corn Fest Committee? I did many, many years ago. Many, okay, a lot of people have worked on the Corn Fest Committee. I mean, it's kind of filtered its way through everybody. It's been around for so long. You were probably on at the very, very, very beginning. Um, actually, no, it was several years after the beginning. Um, when I was in the newspaper, I did not. I was busy. You know, I mean, you know, I, you don't. I know you're exactly. On, you're not on committees when you work for the United Sentinel. I'm on a lot of committees. Well, you should. Well, Good luck Not with that. committees, but I'm in a lot of things. I'm in a lot of things. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I was on it for a bit, and, and now I'm not. Was there a lot of people organizing when you were doing it? Oh, you know how small towns are. It's the same five people so that it's are always, organizing every single club. I wondered is. about that because these guys are going through that same issue. It's time for me to open my Diet Coke. Here's my libation. Get ready for it. If I can get it in my fingernails under it. Here we go. And Echo, it is Diet Coke. Check. It's not. I mean, you know, it doesn't uh, have a weird name on it. It doesn't no. say Ken. Didn't they do a thing where it said your name or someone's oh, name yeah, on it? that was huge. Did you this get any s- that say your name on them? I have no idea. You didn't save one? No. Okay. No. Ken is not a common, an uncommon name. Although I do feel fortunate, and I don't mean this in any bad way toward either of my sisters, but uh, my um, sisters' names are Edith and Lita, which are they're good names, but they're both very unique, and mine is very generic. Yeah, how did you get your, how did you become a Ken? I honestly don't know the story. My older sister, Lita, she could tell the story, but I don't know. I know they were considering Michael as well. Michael Mitchell. Well, that would have been fine. Um, so not as unique as Edith. No. Well, Edith is easy. We had a, a beloved Aunt Edith. And she oh, really Edith. Was. Edith. Okay. I thought it was Edith. It was a, a, a very beloved aunt. And Lita was a very popular girl's name at the time. Uh, Lita, Lita Ford is about right. her age. You know, there was a whole bunch of Litas at that point in time. It was a very popular name. Um, kind of like when my mother was born, even though she isn't in any way Spanish, nor was my mother-in-law. Uh, both of them were named Juanita hmm. because they were of a similar age, and Juanita was a very popular name at the time. Juanitas. Juanita, yeah. I don't think Echo really ever picked up steam. There was never like a age of the Echoes. You know, I've, I've always wondered, we is that a real name? Yeah, I, yeah. Born and raised. I like it. An Echo. It went on my birth. Well, I, it was two days. Two days I did not have a name. No name, baby. And then it was Echo, and then... Cool. Yeah. It's a big mystery how my name happened. So what was your what was your last name? Rebidu. Echo Rebidu. That's a mouthful. Uh-huh. The middle name is Lee, so... Echo Lee Rebidu. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of a cool name, actually. This is, you, you were probably the only Echo Rebidu there was in the world. Yes. I'm the only Echo Menjes in the world. Also, well, 
Okay. And Mendez is a big name, you know, German. In Germany, I get a lot of Facebook friend requests from Menjes in Germany, which I'm sure they don't even pronounce it the same way. I had Anna Harris pronounce it for me and couldn't say it well, quite Minges? the same. Is there a no, min- it's Minich. Yeah, they got the there's a thing going on. in there I can't somewhere. Do that. And, but the name thing is interesting because everyone, you know, we say Menjes like M-E-N-J-E-Z. I'm going to start putting that. It almost places. sounds Hispanic the way it's that we say it. The way we say it, it does. But if you just look at it in writing and try to say it out loud, everybody butchers it, which makes my husband crazy. <laughs> which is almost kind of worth it to watch him listen to someone say our name. You know, I'll be honest with you. For a long time, I did not say what your name was because I didn't know how you pronounced it. So I just called you Echo. Yeah, I need to put like a pronunciation tile okay. in my Facebook page. You got it right here. Go ahead and say it how you like it pronounced. How mm. Stan wants most of Mostly Stan. how Stan wants to hear it, which is Menjez. 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 Uh, yeah, I used to do a, a comedy routine, and one of my comedy routine was based on a, a pastor I'd been to a church. Um, it was a revival. And the way he, he used the name Jesus was just so funny, and he was serious about it. Um, he'd come up there and he'd start talking about, but when he mentioned Jesus's name, it was Jesus. And I'm like, <laughs> the word Jesus is not a five cylinder. He was, oh, in the name of Jesus. And I'm like, dude, are you serious? Other than that, he was a really interesting guy and he had a nice message, but that was, that was a bit interesting. Um, I love it when people pronounce things. Off, you know, but you, differently. I'll tell you what. That's been thirty years. I still remember the guy. So maybe, maybe there's a reason. Have an impact. That's right. So, anyways, right. back to Cornfest. They need help. They need help. I would love to figure out a way to help them outside of doing it. Yeah, that's a problem. Like each of us need another thing to do in our lives. You know what I'm well, saying? Well. I'm so crazy swamp busy. You know, you know, you know where oh, yeah. you feel uh, me. I know. Oh, yeah. That oh, yeah. Tell me about it. <clears throat> working Cornfest and then working Cornfest for the paper not is yet. not in the cards. That's why I didn't do any of that stuff when I was in the paper. I was in the Rotary Club. I was the president of the Rotary Club while I was. How doing. did you manage that? It See? wasn't that bad because it was only Thursdays. And the thing is, when I you're have the a problem getting there every week. When you're the president of the Rotary Club um, and you're. Work for the paper. It's a story every week. You can always get a story every week. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's actually work. And um, I was broke at the time, and and, uh, Hazel paid for it, so it was a free lunch. So I took that. I love Rotary. Yeah. It's a great – It's in all seriousness, it is a a fantastic organization. It is. I was in Rotary my year that I – was president was the year that women were allowed into Rotary, and that was, and especially in Edina, that was such a strong, good thing to happen because we had a lot of good female leaders. I've always thought it was interesting that women weren't allowed in Rotary. And the first Rotarian who was a woman in Knox County, do you know Margaret Parrish? Margaret Parrish. Mm-hmm. I was there when she was. I think David Bethel, uh, who was the superintendent at the time, invited Margaret to be his guest. And she was the first uh, member. Eh, excellent choice, too. I thought I think so. She's still a member. Yeah, she's, she's been the secretary-treasurer for decades. Yeah, uh, she was a president shortly after she became... I mean, she's a natural leader, so... And Luann Wurr is the, our new secretary-treasurer and has just barely started that position, but M- Margaret... She, she does a lot, has done a lot. She's a huge part of the club. When I came in, it was uh, Bob College was president, I believe. And uh, then it was Tom Brown. Who, I think Is that Tom. David's dad? David's dad, yeah. I Good never man. got Good to man. meet him. Oh, he was a, he was a, he was a fun guy. Really well, that's a guy. great segue into the big front page story. Oh, yeah. It's... It's not going to be talking about Rotary and Dr. Bob was president. Take it away, Echo. I'll let you hear this one. Um, Well, his dentist's office, Dr. Collins' dentist's office, is transitioning 
and he will no longer be the lead dentist. Uh, someone is going to come in and do the majority of the dentistry um, out of there, and he's going to take kind of a step back and um, take the time to do other things that he's way into, like teaching, which is I'm, I, I can totally imagine cool. how good of a teacher he really is because he's such a personable guy. He's a funny guy. He's a patient guy. Oh, yeah, and, and he's very calm and very steady. Mm-hmm. But not being boring, you know what I'm saying? He's he's hilarious to listen to. <laughs> yeah, I remember the first time I talked to Bob. It was you know I met him not you know, and, and he's like you know, I want you to know one thing about me. Sooner or later, I'll have you in my chair. Just just remember <laughs> that. Sooner or later, they all come through the and chair. And did he? Did yes, you? He did. Me too. Me. I'm uh, glad that. And me within the last year. Over the over the course of my um, existence, I think uh, I've visited Bob enough. I should be able to write him off as a dependent. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I've I've got to reschedule a I've got to reschedule a cleaning. I have to remember to do that. Uh, no, that's beside the point. I just uh, the last one got canceled, so. We were having a weather event at the time, as I recall, or a sickness event, or some kind of event. I, I some kind of it, event, so. right? Anyway, we'll just decide. Well, to yeah, this is a big story. This this did eat up half of the front page. Too. Well, yeah, everybody, go buy a paper. Just go buy one. Did you understand it. what I'm talking about? Oh did yeah, you get it. Yeah, I always worry about that with these big monster ones that nobody's going to get it. No, it made perfect sense. It was well done. It's, this is a hard one to write, too, because, you know, you've got to get all the information in there. And yet, you know, Bob's a local icon. You know what I'm saying? He's he somebody, is. He's like this He's one pillar. of the heart, hearts of the community. Kind of and he's, he's that generation of – he's like could be the epitome poster child for generation of substance person as far as you all's – age yes. range and um and i hear he makes wicked good barbecue he does oh and last time i saw him i asked if he did deer meat and he said he absolutely does well i could that, could, that would work for me okay uh let's see what else we got heartland case pushes contraception religion debate into the view of the u.s supreme court yeah so this is not a very long story but basically just the bullet points, which is uh, Heartland, the it's Sharp Holdings, Inc., mm-hmm. and then uh, the Heartland Christian College mm-hmm. went into litigation um, not wanting to have to provide contraception based on their religious beliefs. It's a really interesting case. It is a very interesting case because they are not – it's not like Hobby Lobby. They're not a for-profit – uh, they're a not-for-profit, and that pushes them into a different bracket. Like, okay, so churches, are, they're already exempt. They yeah. don't have to provide it. Um, businesses, some of them do. But this is a not-for-profit church-based college. Correct. Or And high school and grade school and all the uh, sundry and stuff. That, that and then, if you know, Sharp Holdings holds a lot of... Um, does a lot of different kind of employment, and I didn't dig into exactly what all of the positions that are included as this, but I would imagine it would include any stuff that the guys at the Men's Recovery Center do. Um, yeah, I, I'm still annoyed at the Hobby Lobby decision, and it has nothing to do with the contraception part of it. I just – how the Supreme Court could state that a business – a corporation, which is just a piece of paper, and it's not even a piece of paper. It's just a little electronic squiggly in a computer has rights, as if it were a human being, baloney. A piece of paper does not have the same rights as Echo and Ken, period. End of discussion. Well, that's almost like saying a corporation. You know, what was that with the voting? Was it yeah, the last she- election cycle where... They gave corporations just basically to donate anonymously <laughs> wherever well, I, I you mean, want. I think we may as well give, cor- this- give them a, the right to vote. 
It's the same thing. Give them the right to vote. They got the right to to do this other thing. They Imagine got right how many corporations would start overnight if they got a right to vote. That's, Imagine that. That's my take on it. But anyway, so the long and the short of this story is um, they won here in the Eastern District, and a three judge panel decided unanimously in their favor that they should not have to provide it. And so I pushed it into the view of the Supreme Court. And why it's in now is because on Friday, the Supreme Court decided they would take it up. Well, it's interesting. And it will, well, it'll be something we'll be following for a while because it, the Supreme Court things take a while. So. Yeah, it's not going to be decided until next summer. Yeah. If, then, if we're lucky. And if it's heard then, then it'll be, you know. Hoping to hear in March and yeah. maybe a decision by June or July. Um. This last one, the, <clears throat> the this, wrongful case. Okay, I got, I got. A, There's I got an, an this is an interesting story it behind is. this because uh, I got a call from my boss, and it wasn't even a call; it was a text that said, uh, "Did you see the wrongful death case had been dismissed?" And we're looking, you know, it's been a couple weeks right. since the dismissal, right. and I had not seen it. Because I don't check on it every day because sure. it's been sitting in there forever. Do you use like case file or what is that thing? Case net. Case net, yeah. And so went in there and said, sure enough, yep, that looks like a dismissal, you know. Uh, and then went into the public access terminal, terminal at our courthouse and pulled the document, the dismissal motion and um, subsequent order to have it dismissed. And then so that was it. Well, this whole story ended before the last paragraph. Yeah, I noticed. And after we had gone to, you know, after we had sent out, I sent to Cahoka for them to send to print, and we had right. the front page to approve after all of that. At the very, very last minute, um, I, the attorney got a hold of me. <laughs> yeah, it just said, okay. And he was like, wait, wait. Because I left, thank God I called his secretary and was like, look, it's Echo at the paper. This is what I've got, and we are going to run with it. And I get that he's not there right now, but uh, this is what I've got. Please tell him that it's going in our paper. So I bet he got the message and probably came out of court and got, you know called right away and was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Holy smokes. Right. It's not going to be <laughs> – you either have it you know, one story or maybe it will have to be two, and I'd rather it not be two. So instead of just letting what we had go and let everybody think it's dismissed, we threw in that last. So bottom line, it was dismissed according to the attorney. Now, this is based upon assuming the attorney is telling the truth, and we would just – I'm not – we never assume anything in the news. Which is business. why we attribute these yes, things. We, we attribute information. So, assuming he is telling, this is Echo and Ken speaking here, not the paper, but assuming he's telling the truth, it's a procedural move. So it's, it's a story, procedural it's deal. not really a story. It's not really a story. But it is a story. We, it just happened so at the on that line of, you know. Yeah, and this is this is, the deadline thing is a real deal. People don't realize that. Um, sooner or later, you do. There is a point of no you return. You do have to and stop. We were and, sitting and on top of it with this, and pulling it out was not an option. Um, so, just putting that little blurb in at the end of what the attorney had to say at the very last second to say anything and still make print. I get this a lot when I'm shooting for KHQA. I shoot for sports, and you know, those people see me leaving, and they're like, "Well, we got a lot more of the game to go. Why? Why are you leaving now?" I'm like. They call it the 10 o'clock news for a reason. It comes at 10 o'clock. <laughs> you know, if I don't actually leave now and go edit this story. There won't be anything. Send it over to Quincy. You won't be on the news tonight. So, Or ever maybe because after, you know. Ten- Although last week was brutal. I got to tell you my last week's story. Uh, I was shooting the absolutely amazing fan- or game between Paris and South Shelby football. And it was like back and forth, scoring, scoring. But I had to leave. I had to, 10 o'clock means 10 o'clock. So I was using my cell phone to transmit the story. So I'm sitting in my car editing it on the, on the computer, and I'm editing the story. And, I, and as I'm editing the story, and as I'm getting ready to upload it, I'm listening to the end of the game through the loudspeakers at the stadium. And I see there's a parking spot that's closer to the stadium because Paris Stadium is kind of off in a holler. So I reach or go over, drive my car over, and I'm literally watching the end of the game. And it's like four scores in the last two minutes. What? And if I could have been filming, it would have made amazing footage. But I have to get 
to so get I'm able right. to write the story. Well, basically, I write the script for for Chris, and then he uses whatever he wants. Um, as the game is going on, I'm sitting there watching the game and editing the footage that I have. But I had like six touchdowns, and I had two minutes worth, which is a long time in TV time. So that is a long time. Yeah, usually two minutes is a. Usually for uh, a just a regular everyday game, if the teams are not um, vying for a championship, I get uh, 50 seconds. Um, if they are vying for a championship, it'll usually go about a minute and 10. This is for a whole sports show. This is like a huge, yeah. long sports segment. Yes. Okay. So, but they have, say, they where have, I they come from, like nine it's games. a lot less than that. They have like nine games. So, well, for you come from, it's like... You're looking at 20 second sound bites. Yeah. But this is the <clears> highlight packages. Yeah. Which are, you know, so, yeah, but I, I actually a had. A minute and a half of package. I actually had two minutes. You get a two minute package, that's like sweeps. I don't know. It's yeah. better be good. Yeah, and a lot of these games you go to, and you got nothing. You got, you, you, because you show up and you only have, you know, a quarter to shoot something, and nothing happens. So, Absolutely. if you have no idea what we're talking about, which most people <laughs> probably do. <laughs> Talking about the stuff you see when you watch news on TV and how long it takes for him to get through a story. And believe it or not, there's kind of like quotas for how long stuff can be. And if you can't get it said in a certain amount of time, like 20 seconds for this, 30 seconds for that, you know, 60 seconds for the other, uh, <clears throat> well, you have to find a way to get it said. Which, now that I think about it, would be good to say is why a lot of the times you don't get the full story. Yes. It's hard to tell. You can't tell a whole story in a minute and a half. You just can't. Or 45 seconds or whatever or you Anything have. like that. I mean, you can, you can, a lot of times you can brush the surface. And there's a lot of broadcasters that do an amazing job with that. Yeah. Well, except for on a Friday night show, we have. And I'm trying to get the figures right because I believe it's right. We have eight and a half minutes on Friday night. That's a ton well, of time. They, they actually cut a lot of the blah, blah, blah out of the earlier newscast because it's Friday night on sports nights. So we actually so call it sports, sports, sports final. It, it's, a big, it's a big extension of, of sports. But, uh, and what we do is, is people see the, the, the newsrooms on TV and they show the set. The, the set with the studio and the 18 people standing. It's nothing right. like that, nothing, folks. It's nothing like nothing that. Nothing like that. That's not what it looks like. If you go and walk into like the KHQA studio, um, WGM's the same, but it's the KHQA studio, you walk in there and the only people who are in the studio are the people on the air. There's a, there's a producer. And They're up in engineer. the booth. <clears throat> they yeah. don't go up to the booth? Well, the, the booth's not even a booth. It's a room in the other side of the building. Oh, where I'm all, from, there's a booth and yeah, there's, it's up. There's no booth. It's all you gone. Go upstairs into now, this the booth. Is no booth. The, the, uh, the way they, that KHQA is set up, and we talk about the whole show about how KHQA, TV7, and, and Quincy works. Um, if you walk in there in the back part of their office, you go through the garage, and uh, you walk right into where the, the uh, booths are. Um, and they're not booths, they're rooms. And on the side to the right as you're walking in is Channel 7 for okay. uh, CBS. And the side to the left is the ABC side and the Fox side and all the other. Because remember, we're digital now. Wow. So we have um, 7.1, 7.2, 7.3, huh. All these have their own control centers. Interesting. But they're all run by one guy, one girl, you know. So huh. there'll be one technician running all three right, stations. And then there'll be a producer. And, and, of course, they're union people, so <clears> they have strict what they can do, and, and that's fine. They're very good. Um, but, like, when we do a show, um, we'll have, like, nine different highlights that are, that are set up to queue. They're all downloaded into the computer. They're, they're all – and then the reporters do the titling. Um, but uh, – and that, the computer's all set to go. So when you start the segment – um, the first is the button, and the button goes, and the first highlight plays. It plays to the end, whether the sportscaster finishes it or not is due to timing. So I'll send in a minute and a half worth of stuff, and he may only show 45 seconds. Right. 
It's all a matter of give and take of how they do it. But that it keeps playing. They get, keep queuing right through it. Boom, boom, boom. So they know exactly what order this. Back in the old days, we were using beta tapes and dyno oh, cams. Yeah. And when I first started, we were using tapes, and it's just a nightmare. <clears> it's a, the it's old all, days wasn't really yeah, that long ago. On, no, it was about five years ago. Chris, I think, just retired his tape. Now, Fred over at uh, KTVL, he still shoots on tape. Fred still shoots on tape. Are I love the guy, but he still shoots on tape. He really does. Broadcast news is something special. It is. I could go on for I, me too. days about it. Although, before we get off of it, did you see my video on WDEM last night? Uh, no. I don't Did you TV. see that storm video I saw it on Facebook? Oh, I'll, I'll have to check it out. No, I didn't. Well, so, did they put it on their website? No, they put it on air. Maybe they put it on their website. Yeah, usually they put it on website. <clears throat> it was when the storm came through and it was... Were you here for that? Yeah, yeah. I, saw, the, I saw your video on the web, yeah. Was it on, yeah, it was I on saw, Facebook? Facebook yeah, well, and Twitter. because yeah, I saw... I saw. I don't remember where I saw it, but I, you were standing. I was standing outside right the central office, the and the stop sign was, you know, and the, it was all and coming was, from the west, so you weren't getting soaked with me. No, but I about ten. I was doing that for the weather service because we put up a live stream for um, the National Weather Service in St. Louis, which is something that we just kind of started getting the habit of doing since last winter, since we started live streaming so much, live feed of the street street cam kind of see what the weather is doing and we lost power so i thought i'll just take some videos and tweet them to the weather service since we've lost our feed and they've got to see this that's cool because yeah, we were out <clears throat> without power for what, 45 minutes or so yeah but i was i you know i'm from the west where <laughs> we have you know earthquakes and desert and stuff and so i'm at, from the west we don't need at, no so power. at one point i was like is this a tornado <laughs> It was going, you know, it was going by so fast, I thought, this is probably a tornado. This might be a tornado. I should probably not be standing here. Under that, what do you mean, <laughs> under that big metal? Underneath this big metal thing. When it's like, <laughs> and standing it was, right near that big water tower? Oh, my tower? gosh, like, what are you thinking? And, then, of course, it took about 60 seconds for WGEM to call once it was uploaded. Yeah. I got the ding-ding upload, and then... Travis yeah, from WGEM was on the horn wanting to know, can we use that video? <laughs> that reminds me of a story. We had one of those storms. Uh, uh, the very first Relay for Life we had was supposed to be um, it was supposed to be at the high school. We were going to do it around the track. But this was before we had the all-weather track, of course. And it had just been raining and raining. And, the, the, I mean, the, the track was a mess. So we decided to have it around the square. At that point in time, we actually ran it all the way around the old, uh, on old the gym. No, the old gym. Okay. So we, we set up around it. Um, and uh, so we, that was the very first one. And then we had a storm come in. I think it was the first one. Well, anyway, we had a storm one of the first two years. Um, we had a storm come in while we were there. And somebody had made this really interesting outhouse out of um, uh, cardboard. <laughs> yeah, and we had one well, storm just Some like this. Relay decoration. Ev- everybody in town went underneath the 4-H pavilion. So there were the whole town. Every That's I mean, we're talking I hundreds been. of people are standing underneath <laughs> this metal, thin metal structure right next to a water tower. Yeah, when it looks like a tornado is coming, this and it, we'll lose the whole town this way. I mean, everybody was there. Those well, where first else were years, they going to go? I don't know, but I. You it, should have opened up the office and pushed them all down into the basement. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, but so we're standing there, and the the outhouse is actually out in the street, and then the outhouse comes rolling past us, <laughs> <laughs> just heading on down the, down the road, getting ready to slam into the old school. So a bunch of people went out there and grabbed it and pulled it back underneath the, the thing. And in the 10 seconds that took, they went from dry to absolutely soaked. I mean, it was like... Relay gooster. has had some doozy weather. Oh, I, I think that was about the worst. And it was... A, relay has had some doozy... Well, I've been at some Relay, you know, one in particular that was... Insane with the rain. Oh yeah, three or four years ago. Oh yeah. man! And then it, right there, it was all right at the beginning, and it was like boom. And it was like standing in the shower if you had like yeah, ten and, you know, all the bags the were washed away, and, and it was coming sideways and every which way. I remember they had all these 
half tent things, canopy, I don't know what they're called, and holding on to those suckers as the wind is trying to whip them away and you're getting smacked in the face with Yeah. Was that the year we had to water. reschedule? One year we had no, to reschedule. No, it was, it, was, it was hell or high water. We're having this event. Like, yeah, we had to reschedule they, one year because it was just thunderstorms all night. It was bad. Yeah, this year was bad, but they weren't going home. They were, they were sticking it out. I thought this year's was going to be bad because we had that, that big cloud right there at the beginning. And I thought, oh, this is going to be horrible. And then it cleared up and, and it, it was just It was just gorgeous. a miracle. It was beautiful. It was a miracle this year. Okay. So anyway... Uh, we're running on to 35 minutes, now so we've got 25 minutes left at the <laughs> most in our show. I'm going to reposition about. my chair, so I'm going to hear a creak. You ready for the creak? I didn't really hear that. All much. right. So let's talk about your trip to Mizzou. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we went to – I had an appointment, and we had a meeting on Tuesday – and that was right when all the social media explosions started happening around this Mizzou protest. And uh, I saw that video with that uh, with the photographer, the which student. is crazy. And not that I hadn't been looking at it, but that one thing maybe it's because I'm a reporter. That really just kind of like got me. And I was like, "We're going to be in Columbia today. We're going to stop down here and see what's going on. I got to see what's you know." That's. Did you follow up on that and see the whole story on that? No. That woman who did that was a journalism instructor. Oh, yeah. I saw all that. I saw all that. They, the they woman figured who out was, who she was. and she w- But she was through the communications department. She wasn't, yeah, she wasn't a, like a member of the faculty. But. So she, and I heard earlier today that she was no longer part of the Good. journalism department. Well, um, I mean, here to all of you rebel-rousing protesters, let me give you a hint. You do not want to run off the media. The whole point of having a public demonstration is to have the public see it. Well, that's one of the things why I wanted to stop down, you know, stop at Mizzou, why we happen to be in Columbia on during this volatile or, um, <clears throat> you know, the chaos of what seems to be going on <clears throat> is because I want to see it. You know, and it just seemed like we weren't, I didn't have a good idea on what the heck was going on. You know, the first attention I was paying to it was on Sunday when the football team um, came out and said they weren't going to play another game until the president uh, went away. And so that was kind of the first. And then a little bit about why they were doing that. And I heard about the hunger strike kid. And I thought that was pretty interesting. That's that's pretty powerful, thinking that just this one kid, you know, started with a hunger strike because just really there's been no information. It, it, the message that they're trying to send, it's not coming across. You no, know? it really is Whatever isn't. the message, whatever their message is, I don't understand what it is. So that's why I wanted to stop by because I kind of wanted to yeah. just pay attention and see what in the heck's going on down here. I'm curious. I'm and, and they did do a very bad job of getting their message out. And the, the people who did get their message out made such a horrible job of it that everybody is making fun of what they're trying to say when they do actually have some legitimate concerns. They do. They, they really do. do. I mean, some of that stuff, you, you know, people, I, I see the stuff on social media from people who really don't understand what's going on talking about um, how it's all a bunch of um, uh, millennial uh, uh, people who yeah. are pampered and all this kind. No, there's actually some real concern. People have died. People have a, a woman killed herself because of some of this stuff. I mean, it's real. Now, I'm not saying every demand that they have is is reasonable, but you know, it. I, okay, I think there's so many things going on yeah. with this. It, it, it's just it just blows my mind how many different things they have swirling around here and. Um, Protesting, I totally can get behind. Peacefully protesting, um, that's that's great. Protest away, kids. I have yeah. no problem with protesting. I'll tell you, uh, I think, first of all, but I the think... the message, you got to make sure your message is clear yeah, because people don't understand and it... <clears throat> and, and it hurts you, well, if you if you don't make your message clear. It does, it does. You because, lose credibility real quick. Well, if nobody understands what you're protesting, then here we go right back to what's the point. You know, you're protesting to spread a message. Make sure that message is clear. And we would know that because we're in news. Yeah. Now, I, I'm going to I'm going to take a, a little bit of a caveat and say I would 
and Echo and I kind of discussed this off the air, even though we're not on the air, but off the air. Um, we're probably both going to have a different take on this than most people because we come from different backgrounds than most people who are listening to this. We're, right. Neither one of us is from here. We've been yeah, – we've true. lived in multicultural communities where uh, we were not the majority. We were, uh, you know, I was – I lived in uh, Japan for several years, a bunch of years, and, you know – yeah. White people in Japan are, you know, there were like 5% of the people there were white. Everybody else is Asian. And well, that's, that's high. That's high, I thought. 5%? Well, that's well it, high. we had a lot of troops over there. We still Okay. Do. In Okinawa, we have a, a huge... So you were on a base, though, so was it... I was on a base, yeah. And, and, and of course, we had just... Japan's a different thing entirely. I, I could, I'll, we'll do a show on Japan. Um, but um, you, you know... Well, I, a, I don't look like a white person... That's probably um, part of it. Yeah. I, we, again, we've had this little bit of a conversation, but why don't you go ahead and share your story? And, and well, I'm a half a Hawaiian, so I've been told. Polynesian. Right. First, you know, the first 15 or 17 years of my life, I was a half a Hawaiian. And then sometime around the time I was going to coming up on 18, my grandma switched up and threw Samoan in there. So, which are very related. I mean, the, the Polynesian people from Samoa from, from it's all Polynesian. Yeah, it's all yeah, because they're both Pacific they're both Islanders. actually from Tahiti. Samoans, so, yeah. if, if you're if you're wondering, Samoans are from Samoa, but originally they're from Tahiti. Hawaiians as are the are Hawaiians. from Hawaii. Yeah. You know, Tongans are from Tonga. Um, yes, but they're and all. So on. It's all part of the all same part culture. of Polynesia. Yeah. it's why they call call us Polynesians. Um, and then my mom's white. Do you do you claim Polynesian on on the on the census? Sometimes I do. They, so you should because that way it's kind of cooler for you to die that we have a Polynesian. Person. I do with like I I tick the white and I tick and it irritates me because they have Asian slash Polynesian. You know what? Um, and that irritates me not because I don't like Asians. I, I, it has anything to do with it. We I should have really. our own. Uh, we shouldn't. That'd be like having. Latino slash Native Americans. Yeah. Or, you know, it's, just... Yeah, anyway. Or are you white slash Hispanic? It just doesn't... And I, I, I wish I could remember the words. They just changed the wording on, on the uh, gun, if you're buying a gun, to be uh, Hispanic or not Hispanic, and then they've added a separate category to differentiate from Different types, types of, of Hispanics. And, and mm-hmm. I'm just like... Oh, this is so stupid. I well, don't understand so why they're doing this in the first place. so many countries and South it, America is packed with a lot of different peoples. I'm a sports guy. You're not a sports person, but I'm a sports person. I think it's really interesting the amount of heat that uh, Coach Pinkle is taking. Uh, for standing up with his for students? For standing up with his students, absolutely. And it just <sighs> it baffles me. Did you read what I wrote? Uh, no. No, okay. I wrote this uh, – uh, I will though. Earlier today on on uh, online, and I think it's so people just don't understand what's going on, and uh, with the football team, Coach Pinkle and all of his coaching staff stood with his players, and then he was he's been a inter- lot of the faculty, right? I mean, but it's he he was we- out in front. And, you know, their people are asking him, well, do you believe in all this? Do you believe in all that? Is this, is this which? And what they don't, I mean, people just don't smell the coffee. This man is in Missouri to do one thing. That is to win football games in the SEC. That is his job. If he does not win football games in the SEC, then he is going to be fired. That's the the bottom line. That's what they want, right? That's what they want. So if Gary Pinkle throws his players under the bus, if he tells them, okay, you are on your own, he's done. His career is over. He has lost his team. He's not going to get recruits. He's not going to get people transferring in. For not he, supporting him. Absolutely. Why would they stay? Why wouldn't they go to some place where their coaches will support them? I mean, he's, he's done. He can If he had not backed this movement by his players, whether he believes in it or not, he may as well pack his bags and leave Columbia because he would not have anybody playing on that team for him this weekend except for walk-ons. That's an interesting perspective. You know, it doesn't matter because the bottom line with with major colleges like Columbia is win or go away. That's what they're all about. That's all they care about on these major – you know, 
credibility, I'll go back you to, know, to keep keeping credibility with the players. Or he could have just believed that they were right. Well, part of what he part, could have just thought, you know what, kids? I keep calling them kids. They're not kids. No, they're not kids. They're adults. I, I hate that. I call everyone who's younger than me a kid. It's not right, but. <laughs> but I'm they, just, and, and as you're getting older, don't they look just like they're be, just babies? Yeah, I thought, and just my to gosh, be honest, six year olds driving a car with you and myself and everyone else, <laughs> I'm going to keep going to continue to do it, even though I know that it's wrong. But he could have just, you know, stepped back and said, "You're right. There's problems, and if this is something that can effectively help to steer things in a better direction, then do it." That could have happened also. Yes. Because a lot of faculty at uh, Mizzou has done that. I've I've seen some pretty incredible blogs from some of the faculty members who come out in support of the students and had some pretty interesting things to say about um, everything that was going on. One in particular was a law professor uh, talking about not coddling. You know, he's not going to coddle them, but he's going to... Um, support them, which I thought was interesting. It's interesting to see race in Missouri. It is. It really is. Because, and it's really interesting that Missouri has become the focal point for racial issues when, with some major exceptions. I'm totally fascinated by that. I'm just totally fascinated by it because uh, where we're located geographically, we're in the center of the states, you know, smack dab in the middle. Um. And because uh, we're coming off the hills of the Ferguson incidents, right? <laughs> and I'm not – I lived in Ferguson, okay? Most people don't know that. I lived in Ferguson for two years. The place that the riots were happening were less than a mile from where I lived. I lived right on North Florida. Wow. And it was an integrated neighborhood at the time. Uh, when we lived there – now, people don't understand about Ferguson is that it's very close to Lambert Airport. It is very close to Lambert Airport. It's right our, – our house was in the runway landing path of, of Lambert. Um, and the reason I say that is because a lot of the people who lived in Ferguson then and still do um, were working-class families who work at the airport. They're the people who drive the baggage trucks. They're the people who take the tickets. They're the people who are the mechanics. Right. They're the people who who are, are the food service people. They're the pilots. They're not the people who are burning buildings no, down. No, they're good, hard-working, right. uh, middle-class folks. There are some people in Ferguson who are not, but most of the people who live there are good, solid American folks. What happened in Ferguson was they had a problem. Um, and I, I'm not going to go into the police situation. That's just not where I want to go on this because I was not there. I do not know. Me, that's what I. Uh, so, but but they did have a problem. But a lot of the people who came in and burned the place were not from Ferguson. They were from St. Louis. They came out to do it. A lot of the people arrested, which is so sad, and, and, you know, because they just all, destroyed that town. Why do people burn town? down their own neighborhood? They didn't burn down their own neighborhood. They went over to Ferguson and burned down Ferguson's neighborhoods. <clears throat> the and the people who live there know yeah. this. See, and I'm fascinated by all of this. I'm I'm totally and completely fascinated because uh, I think in communities that are majority uh, white communities, probably. Don't even think about this stuff. No, here in Edina, and I'm not saying we're a, we're a white bread community, but we're mostly white. Pretty white. And I'm an old white guy. I if can, you I'll look tell at you, the just, census, there's do. like four people who are not white. And I don't think that, and maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think I've ever seen any overt racism in Edina. I just haven't seen it. But it's not really a whole lot of opportunity to see it either. I don't. I haven't seen any overt I, racism either. You know, but and, here's the thing: I grew up in a town that is mostly white uh my family that i grew up with is is white and what's really incredible about them is uh diverse and off the abnormal as my childhood was between (laughs) everything and that's that's the topic for yeah we're going to do a show on series of shows probably um is in this I never felt different. I was the same. I, you know, growing up as a small child um, with my white family, I was no different than any of them. Obviously, I look a little bit different than they do, um, but 
that was never, ever, ever an issue for me as a very small child. It wasn't until I was in school that I started seeing these differences. And then what's really interesting is when I was in high school, I had this uh, identity crisis is what they would call it, but it was way more complex than that. And um, I basically went around and told everybody I was black. Because you, you do have dark enough skin that you could easily... I got away with it. Absolutely. Yeah, I told everyone that I was I was mixed. You I was lied. half black or part you black. Fib. I did. I lied. And I lived this lie for probably close to two years. Now, how did... did does that teach you how the, uh, the other side of how people look at well, black people? Well, it was interesting because, you know, I collected a group of friends that were... For the most part, everybody was black um, or of, of some, you know, of color, but not white. And there was just so many things going on in the background. I don't really completely understand what was going on with me or why I was doing this. Um, I think I was looking for, for acceptance. You know, why I went that way or whatever, I don't know. But, but I found it, and I found it in this group of kids and uh, we got together, and we hung out, and did things, and lived our lives, and to much to the dismay of my family, who was not happy at all about this, because my grandmother is who I was living with when, you know, and this is a generational thing. When she grew up, you know, she was born in the 30s and grew up during segregation, and so a lot of her first interactions with black people was when I went through this, this metamorphosis of want you know wanting to be part of them and and we went around and we did things and um it was really interesting to be part of that group with people um that i loved and loved me and to share all this stuff with them and see them for who they were and also see that people weren't seeing us for who we were you know the feel of difference of not being part of it that was there we were in a you know mostly white town the schools i went to were mostly white schools and so i've experienced that the feeling of um knowing that you're not the same as the norm and everybody else and um you know we weren't listening to the same kinds of music and we weren't wearing the same kinds of clothes and uh we weren't dancing the same kinds of you know just almost on every level of, as far as this huge cultural divide that people think isn't there, well, it's there. Uh, we were treated differently. Um, and I don't think that it, on the other end of it, it probably didn't feel like to them they were treating us differently, but they were. That's interesting. Uh, and so I, that's another reason I was really kind of wanted to go to Columbia and see what's going on down here because it just seemed like all of this – stuff that was coming out with, you know, the social media stuff was pretty much all we were getting at first. Yeah. And, and it just didn't make any sense. It was obvious there's something more to this story. And, and so especially if you're if you're familiar with Como. Um I've I've got a lot of friends in Como. I mean hundreds of friends in Como. Uh, I've got, uh, you know, I, I shoot pictures for the roller derby team. I'm there all the time. We love to Do go Do you have out. friends that are associated with the university? Yes. Well, well that's who you lot. need to talk to. I have. That's I who have, you need actually. to talk to. And uh, by and large, they've all told me the same thing. Yes, there are real issues. There are real um, issues. And uh, I'm just going to come out and say it, you know. The University of Missouri did a horrible job in hiring the, the people to lead it. They just did a horrible job. Um they hired a bunch of – they have a, a board of directors or curators, whatever you want to call them, um, and they're businessmen. They're business people. They're not all men. They're business people. And they went out and they hired a corporate person to run the college. But, you know, universities are not corporations. They're not at all corporations. You can't run them like a corporation. As the guy in Columbia found out, you know, corporate, he came in and he says, okay, you know, the football team's a profit center. All right, this is a profit center, but the university press is not a profit center. This is something that's costing us some money. It's costing us, well, they claimed $400,000 a year. It turned out to be completely bogus, but the university press is costing four hundred. So what we're going to do, we're going to shut down the university press, and we're going to at the same time start raising money to build um, extensions so to the football field. Because it is a money generation school gener uh, money generation thing for the school, so we're going to cut down on the academics and build the sports. 
because that's what sells. Okay. And um, this was the first indication that people got that, hey, this person does not understand what the purpose of the University of Missouri is. It is to educate people. You know, and this university press, this is a nationally renowned press. They have published works, scholarly works on Mark Twain, on some of these other major authors, major issues that are important historical works. This is what this is what a university does. It teaches people not only because not only is it just a publishing house, it's it teaches people how to do the business of publishing. This is an education system. You know, the, the people who work there are the students. The people who work there, yeah. this is how the, the, the Need their jo- experience learning at the best. Yeah. So this is a perfect example. And, you know, the people were just like, what in the world are you thinking? This is what we do here. You know, we are well, the preeminent journalism school in the world. They're not anymore. Not anymore. They're not anymore. Why? Because they had idiots like this running. And the it's thing. not just the last week's worth of events. I mean, this no, is this. No, this has been this coming what for people a don't long understand. Time. Like, you know, I saw the football team thing, and then of course it was this quick reaction. Plus, you know, you see the the twenty second, the yeah. thirty second soundbite on TV. That's not the whole story. Yeah, Folks, this big list of ridiculous demands. If you want to know demands. what's going on with something, you have got to read. You cannot rely just on broadcast media to blurt it all out as much talking as they do fox news and cnn is not giving you the whole story no they're not you have to read words okay i'd I'd like to add one more thing to this Uh, i'd like to compare and contrast this to our local university truman state okay Um, they're very diverse my wife works and they're very very diverse but they use diversity as a strength and i want to read you well diversity is the big thing i mean even in Colombia, diversity is the buzzword. I mean, diversity is what they want. But diversity is what Truman does. Is. Yeah, they are um, diverse. They're, uh, and you can tell by Kirksville. You yeah. just go to the town of Kirksville, and it's a diverse town. And that's because it's a college town, and the college is feeding it. Uh, Let me share you what cool. I wrote about this, because I, I know their president, uh, uh, Troy Pano. Um, and he's an amazing person. He's a he's an amazing guy because he's doing such a great job of leading the university. Not only is he making sure that the university gets its funding, and not only is he making sure that they're financially strong, but he's meeting with the faculty. He's meeting with the students. Um, I'm gonna let me read you this real quick. Okay. Okay. Um, this is I wrote this on online and uh, I shared it and I've gotten a bunch of comments, good and bad, but. Uh, I'll just read it. As, I'm, as troubled as I am to watch with what's going on at Mizzou, I'm comforted that a bit closer to home, my home at least, Truman continues to reach out to all of its student community. Truman President Troy Pano is well known to students personally, and he's count, uh, continuing to reach out to any student or organization that has issues that they want to address. He's doing it proactively and not hiding behind doors and walls. And as an aside, that's part of what the problem was at Mizzou. These people were hiding in their little glass towers and not letting anybody in. They weren't listening to anybody except for the contributors and the business people. And that's a problem. Um, the key word is listen. Right. This is what Troy said. I am committed to making Truman a safe and supportive community environment for all. This commitment stems from my belief that everyone is equal despite the differences and that our diversity is our strength. It also comes from my belief that this is the future of our democracy and that demands nothing less. My question, the question always is, yeah, but does he mean it? And I think uh, Pano, or T. Payne as he's known on campus, has built a whole lot of credibility uh, being open and accessible to all since the day he was hired. And basically it goes on, but, but what he's done is he's, Go ahead and reached out to all the campus organizations. He actually got his, his people on the phones with him and said, I want to meet with you. I do not want this happening here. I want to hear what your problems are. I've you know, asked you before, come in, meet with me. I will set aside as much time as necessary. I want to meet with you, and I want to make sure we don't have any of these lingering problems out there. And if we do, we need to get them fixed, and I will work with you to get them fixed. Had that happened at Mizzou, had the people there in charge been adults and, and acted like, okay, these are problems. Let's go. Let's just grab this list and let's just knock out the ones we can knock out 
right now. Let's just get them fixed. And then we'll take a good look and see, okay, this may or may not be a reasonable request. This is why we do this. This is why we do this. What do you think we should do? If they had done that two years ago, this would not be happening. But well, didn't. yeah, because this kind of stuff happens when you feel like you're pushed up against the wall. You know, we had a. They feel like they don't. Uh, they're not being heard. Then obviously, you know, some of the next steps is that. That's the beauty of our system. That's the way it was designed to work. I, what sucks is, you know, when we were on our way to Columbia, my husband was really worried. He didn't want to stop by there. He thought he thought it would be dangerous, like a dangerous situation. Plus, have you seen my husband? <laughs> you know, I, because yes. I said to him, "You're going to have to wear a hat." Yes. We, we're not going to be able to just like roll on to campus. Okay, and her husband is a really nice guy. I want you to understand this. He's he is a, he's an amazing, nice, funny, he's amazing, smart. Funny. He, he's he is, and he's just as likable a person he as you ever is. Been. He's infectious, said entertaining. That, he guy. can look really scary. He can, and he, you know, and he has very close and cropped. He has a very <laughs> short haircut, and you know, and a very. Uh, intimidating tattoo on the side of his from head. From way back when. From way back when. But, I mean, just to see him, you know, rolling up before he opens his mouth or gets a Yeah, and we don't I uh, can see how people would look, you know. So we talked about that. He was worried about. But really, you know, that's real. We've had so many school shootings. Uh, yeah. You know, that was one of the, the biggest concerns when we started looking at all this, which is what is the message? Because... Besides us just being confused, and we've already seen the threats they've had, you know, the safety threats, and I don't know how they're going to come out of this. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. It's going to take a long time to recover from this. It's interesting that the, start, the conversation is starting here. Do I think that there is a solution to this problem that is within the foreseeable future? Definitely not. Yeah. Well, because uh, it's a problem that you just don't solve like that. It'll be interesting to see what they do. I guess we'll find out. It's been around forever. Yeah. It's a generational thing. That's it interesting. Is. And Missouri's so weird. It is weird. We're we're really weird. We're we're a melting pot that's kind of melted. <laughs> yeah, well I mean, I don't know. even back during the Civil War, you know, it yeah, was it was brutal. Well, Missouri was split. Yeah. Completely split down the middle. In there, a bad way. In a very bad way. Some of the most brutal stuff that went on in the Civil War was right Which I think in that's really interesting, too. I'm just fascinated. We're going to have to talk about that because that's a that's a, really, that's a whole show. That's a whole show or two. Um, real quick, uh, we've only got a couple minutes left on, in the show. Uh, was there anything else in the paper that you wanted to – uh, you were, <coughs> there probably you're is. I can't to, even remember. You were going to talk about something for next week. The elections are open. Oh, everybody's setting their dates, you know, for candidate filing dates. So watch for that. Watch for that. This is for like uh, city councils and city councils, school boards. You know, the most important government of our lives, people, is yeah, local government. It kills me that everybody shows up to vote for the president and nobody votes and for it, the mayor. Yeah, we're not going to we're not going to talk about presidential politics. No, but local mayor, politics, though. I mean. Nothing affects us more than these local races as far as our city and town council, you know, our boards of trustees and uh, people who sit on places like the water district and uh, please if consider running for an office if that's what you're into. Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just browsing through the paper. And one thing I do see that, that is going to be of interest to local people is Dr. Bailey is uh, going to be in Memphis. Yeah, he is going to be in Memphis. And he, that's, a, that's a big deal because a lot of people doctor with him. He's a good orthopedist. And this picture is terrible. Oh, uh, Dr. Bailey? Yeah, it's not him. It's not him. He's fine. It's the ink. It's the ink in this issue. Yeah, it's, it's too yeah, heavy. It is too heavy. I. I don't know much about printing, but I know. That I know all too much about. <clears throat> this having, ink is, oh my gosh! Look at the page of the poor Highland kids. That's just horrible. Which the Highland kid. It's on page. I'm talking about the ink. Page eight. Look at the top pictures on page eight. Look how dark they are. Yeah, I took some. I I had some good. Look and at page that nine. One. Oh my gosh. 
But anyway, Jolene, baby Jolene, right b- there. B- buy the paper anyway. Just don't worry about the darkness. Buy the, that are just too or dark. buy the digital version, and you won't have to worry. Hey, the digital. I'm sorry, I hit the microphone. The digital version, the picture of Doc's in color. Did you look at the digital I version? I did. I you... read. I read it. Yes. I, that's. Oh yeah, because you're I, an I, online I take, subscriber. Yeah, I take mine online. Okay. So yeah, we got all conference salute. Uh, I used to really shoot a lot of those pictures, but I don't shoot those anymore since I'm doing KHQA. Page twelve. Page twelve. Top left. Top you, left. We're gonna have to rerun that. Ooh, what is it? Can't even see what it is. It is the Historical Society Trivia Tournament. Yeah, they're just kick. You, you can't even see, see the them. People. I think that's the worst of it, though. Yeah. Well, you, next week I know you're gonna have. Uh, you have been at Veteran Day events all day yesterday. Yes, uh, and if you missed the big one at the school, we live-streamed it, and you can find a video of that on nemonews.net. Nemonews.net. And you can buy the individual copy of the paper. At the e-newsstand. At the e-newsstand. Or you can subscribe and get it delivered to your email every week. There's all kinds of ways you can get the paper, and we heartily encourage it. Um, we'd like to thank Mike Scott, as always, our buddy friend, thank pal. You. Yeah, I've been with Mike all day. I've been in Coke all day. He's a good man. And, and uh, we'd like to thank Hawkins Insurance Group for, for providing us, us with the with the studio, show the yeah. show, the big show. Um, yeah, hey, we've got a lot of stuff to to. Uh, There's so much stuff we can talk. We about. We have so much stuff to talk about. So catch us next week. Hey, uh, we're going to be having uh, some some upcoming um, issues for we're new holiday holiday shows. Um, I even have a special surprise that Echo hasn't even heard about. Ooh, I can't so we're wait. We're going to talk about that afterwards. I love surprises. After this is a good surprise, too. I love surprises. Um, and then uh, we may actually put out a special edition or two. Uh, we'll have to see about that. Yeah, that'll be cool. Because um, Echo and I, we both have interesting pasts. And, yeah, we do. Uh, um, it it, it kind of, it, well, heck, they're our stories in themselves. So uh, we might be having one of those. <laughs> so just... Keep checking with your keep checking on the page. We'll post a befriend us on on Facebook. We have a Facebook page now. Uh, we're on iTunes. Um, so and iTunes it, I, and Google and if you have anything you'd like to hear us talk about, send it to our Facebook know. page. That's right. That's the best way to reach us is Facebook. And on Facebook, it's the Echo and Ken show. It is the Echo. That's because that's because it is you the built echo. it. It is the Echo. I told you. I, was be- I know. I, I knew that was going to happen you. as soon as we were arguing over who was going to have to build it, and then you decided it was going to be you. I knew. I told you. Mm-hmm. I won. Okay. So you want to say goodbye to him, Echo? Goodbye. Goodbye.